0: Every morning, when we as coaches show up to the rink for work, Mike Sullivan told me once, we do so with the first priority being to help Sidney Crosby in any way that we can to be successful. The same principle applies for Mike Sullivan to Evgeny Malkin, and it's about to be put to the test. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins coming to you from Toronto. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. It'll be Penguins versus Maple Leafs here tonight. Faceoff is at 7 8 p.m. Extremely limited attendance because of Ontario regulations. Hopefully the last time we see that. Hopefully the last time we see it, like, ever. But the game itself should prove to be a good one. If you've been a regular listener here, you'll know that the game that I covered up here two months ago between these teams, I still mark down as the Penguins' most impressive victory of the season. The Leafs had gone on. An outstanding 10-game run. They were scoring a ton of goals. And Tristan Jari and the Penguins shut them down. It's not sufficient to say that they've won or even to go back over the injury list at the time and all the players the Penguins were missing. They shut the Leafs down. They didn't let those guys breathe. From the drop of the puck to the final horn, not one inch, hang on, I'm up here now, not one centimeter was afforded to the home team. It was an exceptional exhibition of team-wide collective hockey by the Penguins that I honestly don't know has been matched either before or since. So yeah. This is a nice little test. Penguins have won four in a row. Didn't look like they were at their best against the Flyers a couple nights ago, but then they also had the 500. Goal celebration and everything else going on, and Sullivan described the team as emotional. But now, in more ways than one, it's time to get serious. There's a lot of good opponents coming up. The Hurricanes are next back home. Ten out of the next 13 are against opponents currently in playoff position. And I don't know if it was a glance ahead at that schedule that might have motivated Sullivan to mix up his second and third lines yesterday in Cranberry. I don't know if it was just that he didn't like what he saw in the Philadelphia game. But I do know that it was overdue. It's about time that Malkin is getting better wingers. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. How many times have I pleaded on this show for Jeff Carter to move to Malkin's right wing? How many times and for how long? No, of course that wasn't before Malkin returned, although I might even have mentioned it back then as to what the lineup should look like when everyone was here. Well, It's not everyone. There are still some players missing, including Jason Zucker, who almost certainly is going to end up on Malkin's line, according to Sullivan. But there was nothing keeping this coach from moving Carter to that slot, except for Kasperi Kapanen. And no, I'm not going to pile on Kapanen. I've made my stance here clear on that player and what needs to be done with him. Just need to trade him. Just need to trade him. But he hasn't fit at all with Malkin. And other than the handful of games that those two played together where Malkin was able to spring Kapanen for rushes that he'd actually complete by continuing to rush forward instead of pulling up and pirouetting and everything else that he does that doesn't involve attacking the attacking zone. They've done nothing together, the two of them. Whereas, if you know Carter's history, if you know Carter's background, you'll know that he's looked every bit as comfortable, arguably more so, at the wing position, then at center in his long tenure in Los Angeles. And he's a straight up and down the wing kind of guy. Rod hockey all the way. And he'll let it fly. That, my friends, is the prototypical Geno winger. That's exactly what you want. And the Penguins have had that all along. Of course it made sense that Carter was moved back to center. Of course the coaching staff should be grateful that he performed as well as he did when he was there and the Penguins were missing half of their centers. But that's over now. That's over now. And what should be the priority for this team is a top six that makes sense. Don't worry about spreading it around. Don't worry about scattering everybody. Solidify not just Sid's line, but also Gino's line. So what happened yesterday in Cranberry was that Gino was out there with Carter and Danton Heinen. And Heinen can do a reasonable replication of a top six winger. How's that for a kind of backward compliment? But That's how I think of him. You can put him up there and he'll pop a couple goals and you'll go, whoa, top six winger. But it's not something that he'd do on a consistent basis. And if I had to replace Zucker for a period of time, Heinen's the guy that I'd look to. Brock McGinn did all right over there, too. I mean, I can never say anything negative about McGinn. But McGinn also really, really showed well on the bottom six lines. Heinen can do this. A, uh, he's not pure rod hockey, but he goes up and down his wing and he shoots, too. Here's what Carter himself had to say about this after practice yesterday. Yeah, I'm comfortable with both. Uh, I really don't have a preference, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I played a few games with Gino, and, and things went well. So, um, you know, let's kind of have to ask Sully, uh, you know, where he was going with that and whatnot. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm comfortable. And I think, uh, um, you know, hopefully we can uh, can go out and kind of control the play tomorrow night and, uh, and have a good one. Did you like that little, you'll have to go ask Sully About the actual decision line, players are always uncomfortable when we ask them about switching lines because they're never going to say, this is awesome, this is great, this is just what I wanted because it sounds like they're ripping on the people they were just with. So he handled that like a true veteran. Here is what Sullivan had to say. I just think uh, with what we've had here over the last few games, uh, we're not getting, in our estimation, uh, enough Sustained zone time um, that I think helps us create the balance that I just spoke about, and so we're trying some different combinations to to try to generate that. You know, the the good news for us is we have some versatility in our lineup where we can move people from the wing to the center and vice versa, uh, in in order to try to create some combinations that give us the balance that we're looking for, and so um, you know we're we're explore a couple of different options nothing's etched in stone uh, but that's something that we're looking at right now this is good I'm looking forward to this I really am I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how these two work together tonight and while we're at it how Heinen fits with the two of them Gino and Carter makes sense this won't be the first time they've played together there hasn't been much but it's looked good whenever it's happened oh by the way You know who has been a good fit for Kapanen? Evan Rodriguez. Guess who else will be united tonight? When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q comes from John, who says, OK, DK, more than halfway through this NHL season, would you rather have Cody Ceci at $3.5 million or dot, dot, dot? Here comes the list. Evan Rodriguez at $1 million. Danton Heinen at $1.1 million. Chad Ruedel at 750000 Brian Boyle at 750000 Yes, I know it's Monday morning quarterbacking. But to your point on a podcast earlier this week, Good on the GM. Yeah, Hextall did well. Ron Hextall should be a candidate. To repeat from earlier in the week what you're referencing for NHL Executive of the Year. And yeah, you could make a list like the one you did arbitrarily to bolster any argument you'd prefer. I could come back and say, well, would you rather have Cody Cece or... I don't know. Kasperi Kapanen. Okay, well, I'll bet everyone would take CeCe over Kapanen. They're making about the same money. But your point stands. And your point bolsters the approach that Hextall and Brian Burke very clearly now embraced. And that was to have more players who could help them in quantity in addition to quality. And to do that in an ongoing pandemic where you knew you were going to be missing players at an abnormal rate over the course of the season, where you knew your fifth line of forwards, your sixth line of forwards, were going to have to become contributors, this has worked out well. And I'll even throw in the blue line because we haven't noticed the depth as much since this group of six has stayed healthy forever. Turn around and knock on something when I say something that's stupid out loud. But you get the point. They've they've been healthy. Crystal Tang, Brian Dumoulin, Marcus Pedersen, John Marino, Mike Matheson, and CeCe's replacement. Chad Ruweedle by getting promoted up and doing really really well that's all been to the credit of Hextall and Burke and I've given it I have I liked what I saw of CeCe last season I felt like he'd have been a terrific fit for another year including alongside the Mercurial Matheson but guess what ruweedle has been even better And the real decision, the real smart decision that went into this was Ruedel. Sullivan, I've heard, went to bat for Ruedel over the summer and said, listen, we respect this guy. Everyone in this organization respects this guy. We've seen the work that he's put in. We've seen the patience, the silence, the non-complaining in staying a 7th defenseman, sometimes for months at a time, and yet remaining effective when he's deployed. Well, he's been a lot better than that. Rue Weedle became, this year, at least formally, a top 6 starting NHL defenseman. That's to his credit, before I give too much of it to management, but someone had to make the call. And it wasn't an easy call because below Rue Weedle on the depth chart is Mark Friedman. You know, that's not great depth. P.O. Joseph is your real depth on defense, and he's left-handed. You wouldn't move him to the right side. So they had to be really, really sure about number two to make the move that they did. And from there, to take that money, meaning the CC money that he's getting, from Edmonton, and to spread it out the way they did in this year of all years. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really well done. One thing you're going to find out about me, John, if you're new to my work, is I take my L's pretty well. Uh, I don't hold stubborn to a stance. I don't worry if people go, oh, you were wrong. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. You're going to hear whatever it is that I think, based on the information that I can accrue On that day, and I'm not going to worry about whether or not it becomes, you know, four or five months from now, eight months from now, ten years from now, something that looks like, whoa, you were so wrong. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. The job's about the moment. The Penguins nailed this. They really did. I appreciate the question. I appreciate it more than you might think. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow to talk about Penguins versus Maple Leafs tonight.